We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So through 11 weeks of the NFL season, the Ravens hold a half game lead over Cleveland atop the AFC North. So Baltimore had the day off on Sunday watching all the games. We took a look and we'll break down where they stack up among the conference's top dogs. I didn't know what to do with myself. No Ravens football (laughs) on a Sunday. Are you kidding me? Wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr., though, segueing here, is coming on strong, Sarah. Late November, here we are. He gave a super compelling post-game interview, I thought, I know you did as well, to our girl and NFL insider Justina Anderson that we're going to discuss. I'm Sarah Ellison alongside Bobby Trossett. It is Monday, November 20th, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault, presented by our friends at GEHA. So, Sarah, Bengals linebacker Jermaine Pratt went out of his way to discount Baltimore's Thursday night primetime win on Twitter right after. I think it was like a day or two after. And PQ, Patrick Queen, let's just say he (laughs) let him know about it. He did, plus Ravens old linebacker, former linebacker Bart Scott. He weighed in with his honest and, you know, very bold opinion on the hip drop tackle across the NFL. That tackle that we now know ended Mark Andrews' season. Yeah, we've got all that and more coming up. Thanks for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. 11 weeks into this NFL season, here is the way the AFC North looks as of right now. Again, the Monday night games, we know, have not yet, the Monday night game has not been completed, but as far as the division is concerned, Baltimore 8 and 3. Cleveland seven and three, Pittsburgh six and four, Cincy five and five, and Sarah. We haven't learned this yet since we've been on, or we hadn't learned it when we were on the live stream, obviously. But Joe Burrow's season is over, as is Deshaun Watson's. Yeah, we're gonna get into those those injuries a little bit later on because remember the last time we talked, uh, Joe Burrow, there was like questions about an investigation needing to happen. So we'll get into that now, Bobby. I was rooting for the Browns to win. Uh, over the Steelers, which they did. Both the Steelers and Browns prior to that game were at six and three. And so, listen, A, I'm rooting for the Steelers to lose because they're the Steelers. I, I, I don't care whatever happens. They're always the Steelers. Number two, with the, with the Browns losing their quarterback, there's only so far they can go, right? So, um, 
We're at that point. I think we all got what we wanted for. Steelers lost. So that puts Cleveland a half a game behind. Then if you look at it, zoom out a little bit, and look at it from a, an AFC conference standpoint, three of the four AFC North teams would make the playoffs if it started today. Um, Kansas City would be the number one seed, Baltimore number two, Jacksonville three, and Miami number four. Then that wild card seed would be the Cleveland Browns, then the Houston Texans, and then the Pittsburgh Steelers would get that last spot. And then just outside of that are the Colts, Bengals, and Bills all tied at five and five. And Bobby, I don't know who made this graphic. It had to have been done by AI, but I love this where the Raven <laughs> is sweeping up the Bengals for that sweep. That is pretty dang cool. Yeah. And, and what a way to kick off week 11 too. And I, t- I tell you what, that Pittsburgh Cleveland game in Cleveland was, was something else. I mean, if you like defense, I don't even know if that's the right way to say it because it was just plain ugly. And when you take a look at what the offense is doing, it's more about the offense being so, so lackluster than it is dominant defense. But Ryan Clark, former Steeler, did not hold back whatsoever after watching this one. Again, Cleveland found a way to beat Pittsburgh. Uh, thanks to a game-winning field goal, 13-10. to 10. So Dorian Thompson-Robinson gets his first NFL win, Sarah, the guy that the Ravens abused earlier on in the <laughs> season, and Kenny Pickett and the Steelers. Boy, uh, they going into this game, they like I said, we, we talked about this a number of times, they have been outgained in all nine games and somehow were 6-3. and three. Well, could not get it done on Sunday. And Ryan Clark, he was fired up. Disgraceful for the Steelers to lose to this Cleveland Browns team with DTR at QB. Not executing down the stretch offensively while DTR leads the game-winning drive is inexcusable. Not making any changes is allowing it to happen. They can't continue to allow it to happen. And you wonder if it, is he referring to the offensive coordinator, there's been a lot of fire around and under Matt Canada at the offensive coordinator position for Pittsburgh. You got to wonder. Well, Pittsburgh is a lot like the Ravens in, in that um, uh, there's they like to have stability. So for them to make an in-season change, it would be a big deal. But Bobby, I'd planned on, I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll watch Browns. It was such a boring game. And maybe it's because I don't even know that like it was so much that it was like, I like to watch great defense. In Baltimore, you have to because of the the history here. But I don't even know. I mean, of course it was good defense, but it was more like, good defense against terrible offense on both sides of the ball. Like it's one thing if it's like Ray Lewis against Peyton Manning or Tom Brady, but this was just like, like the Browns going backwards and the Steelers going backwards. It was, it was a boring, boring game. Tweets were pouring in all over the place. As you'd imagine. And by the way, if you were wondering, had it been 10 straight games that they were outgained Pittsburgh? Yes, they were 10 straight games. They've been outgained, but this one led to a loss. J.J. Watt not holding back. Steelers-Browns game is not exactly an offensive masterpiece. Another tweet here from Alex. Mike Tomlin says the Cleveland Browns had a lot to do with Kenny Pickett's poor play. Man, just excuses. At some point, you got to point the finger at the guy. He's supposed to be your franchise QB. Raise the bar. So blame is being inserted everywhere as it tends to happen after a loss. And uh, it just feels feels funny to be on the outside looking in here in the sense that the Ravens coming off a big win that Thursday night, it was several days ago now, right? You got kind of in the driver's seat right now in terms of where they are in the division, where they are in the conference. Uh, certainly a lot more work left to do. And, and this one's far from over. But uh, through 11 weeks, not a bad position to be in if you're Baltimore. Not a bad position to be in real quick on the Mike Tomlin and like some point at some point you have to point the finger. Come on. 
Of course he knows that Kenny Pickett isn't good. He's not going to he's not going to like trash his starting quarterback in front of national media and like local media. What what do people expect? It's so hilarious to me what people like I don't know what they expect. I mean, if if Kenny Pickett goes back in the locker room and is like, "Oh, hey coach." And the coach is like, "Hey, hey, we can get better. We can get better." I don't think you think that because you just trashed me in front of the like in front of everybody in front of the media like what what are people thinking on Twitter at some point? You have what do you think they're saying behind the scenes? Of course they're addressing it. What is Mike yeah. like? He's not going to go to his backup. It's not like it's much better. Like yeah, it's just hilarious to me what people expect coaches to say. But well, it's I funny. digress. We've been lucky. I mean, you spent 13 years in the building. I spent a few years around the building. You get to know inside the building. Uh, people forget there's like internal relationships that have to be had when you're an organization <laughs> of hundreds of people, right? <laughs> hundreds of, of one percenters in the world who are the best athletes on the, in the, in the, on the planet. Like there has to be you know, ways that you handle yourself. So it, it is funny. Yeah. And sometimes I'm sure it's just emotions running high in that sense when, when it comes to tweets like that. But speaking of emotions, Odell Beckham Jr. has been, yeah, let's move on to him. Yeah. I, I'd say we we've covered him obviously extensively since the second he signed. And from an emotional standpoint, I've really enjoyed the journey watching him, to be honest with you. And he's proven me wrong. We've talked about that time and time again, which is always cool. And and I think Odell knows who he is at this point. He's on the other side of 30. We know that he's on a one-year prove-it deal in the sense that he wants to prove to everybody that he's still that guy. And in recent weeks, we've not only seen flashes that he can still be that guy, Ooh. not just flashes, but full, full game collective performances which has been cool and very promising and encouraging down the stretch especially now that Mark Andrews is no longer available. Odell caught up with Joe Cena Anderson one-on-one -on -one after the Thursday Thursday night game and as we talked about before we came on the air there's a bunch of different nuggets in this two minute 40 second clip that we wanted to discuss again courtesy of Joe Cena. First of all, congratulations on the win. I want to kind of get you to put into words how it feels when we see you get those Vince's catches where you're doing the slants and you start open up the stride, you know, and how it makes you feel like you're getting back over your skis, how that yeah. makes you feel. Um, it feels amazing. You know, like I was telling him earlier, I said, man, I was talking to God before the game and I was literally asking him for this moment so I could let the world know. Um, how how much you know influence he has on my life how much power he has on my life and um it just feels good to be back out there you know what i'm saying a bottle of wine from 92 is probably better than the one from 23. <laughs> well can you also just explain to people exactly what you've been going through and what it's taken just to even get to this point because you did play the first two games then you took some time off and then just as far as how you also feel like the ravens really helped you by pulling you out of one of those yeah. games that really preserved you um they knew what team we had uh, uh, and knowing it was a long season and then pulling me out of that game, like I said, it changed the entire trajectory of my season. And early on, like, I just could not be myself, the person that I know and believe in, whether the world thinks differently or not, like the person that I know that we, we get to see flashes of um, recently. Um, I, I just feel like I'm, I'm on the way up, and now you got to lick your wounds, you know, get back ready to, to, to get ready for our next game next Sunday. That was the Bengals game they pulled you out? Was it that? Bengals game, yep. It was week three of the season, and I'm just I'm so thankful that they did. And then you, you were mentioning Mark Andrews and just the leadership that he has and the impact, obviously, that his loss will have. Can you give an example that really kind of illuminates to the people listening exactly what he does for this locker room, other than obviously just be awesome on the field? Yeah, he does so much more than the, the touchdowns and the catches and all the things that you see. Like, he, he truly... Um, 
you know, he's the guy that they look to. He's the guy for toughness. He's the guy for everything. He doesn't miss practice. He doesn't he? He just does everything right. And um, you know, the guys looked at him in that locker room, and that's just a big hit. And uh, you know, my prayers go out to him. His heart, his his mental, his spirit. Um, and you know, we just gotta we gotta do do right for him. And lastly, obviously, speaking of toughness, I know you're going through the shoulder. I yeah. can see you kind of holding the elbow up and your hand in your pocket, you know, just taking a little time to try to, you know, kind of derobe yourself after the game. Yeah. Exactly how does it feel? What do you feel like it is and what impact it will have you on the schedule ahead? I'm glad we got some time off because it does not feel good. But, um, you know, it's football. I've, I've dealt with something similar before. I just got to find a way to dig deep. Um, like I said, I'm glad we got some time off. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, back to you. All right, for our YouTube users, it's just me for the rest of the way. No, Sarah's having <laughs> some technical issues. You're still here, partner. Audio only the rest of the way for you. You, you got a brand new setup coming. Can't wait for everybody to see it when it's operating at, at full tilt. But you know, there's a bunch of different things that I wanted to discuss with, with that one, like we mentioned. And I think the first thing was, Sarah, when, when he mentioned being pulled out of that week two game against Cincy, I, I thought back to when we did one of those episodes where it was essentially him kind of feeling his, I don't know, he was very emotional in a, in a in a scrum at one point in the locker room. And I remember thinking to myself like, wow, is he not where he thought he would be at that right. point? And remember, we built an episode around his body language, his demeanor. We were questioning in terms of what, if it was ever going to get together. And, and hey, there's still a long way to go for him to finish this season, especially as you could tell, he was laboring in, in that interview right there. And with reporters, he actually grimaced. I remember during his, we mentioned that in the post game show. So that shoulder hopefully can get taken care of with this mini bye week. And then the bye coming up in another week or so, the actual one, uh, but just, just a bunch of different observations from that one. What'd you think? Yeah. So the first thing I, I like that stood out to me was what you said in terms of like, he clearly, we knew he was injured because he had to miss a couple games, but I don't think he was letting on how injured he was. And so, um, and then I don't even think he still let it on in that interview. He just kept saying, he's like, he's like, the world would talk about me. And they still talk about him. Like I was watching um, Speak for Yourself last, or just heading into the Browns game, I think. And they were like, oh, OBJ, he's not himself. He's, he's terrible. You guys have seen him out there. You guys are like just <laughs> totally writing him off as if he's trash. And then, it, but I just don't think, I think everybody assumed, and I understand why they did, because it's not like OBJ was out there trying to broadcast the world what was going on. Because uh, during the season, there's no advantage to doing that. Mm-hmm. And so, but he's like, I couldn't be myself, but it wasn't because of the ACL from the Super Bowl. It was because we saw that speed in training camp. It was because he had injured himself uh, in in the beginning of the season. And so he's like, yeah, I couldn't be myself. And so slowly but surely, we started seeing him get faster and faster and faster and get more uh, chemistry with Lamar. And uh, Bobby, if it were not for that shoulder injury where he clearly in that clip is like frozen, right? Like he's oh, not yeah. even moving that shoulder an inch it clearly looks extremely painful if it weren't for that i'd be sitting here declaring him back after a 116 yard game the way he like his speed on those slants the way he gets away from people the the second thing i I picked up on that is that he said he was thankful that the ravens pulled him out i don't want to hear people saying that teams or at least the ravens don't care about their players and they'll put them out there anyway there's a lot that goes into it injuries are not like 
you know, I mean, obviously it's science because doctors work on it, but it's not an exact science. And like the fact that they pulled him out and, and they're telling a, not just a seasoned vet, but a superstar of his caliber, we're shutting you down, right? We're shutting you down because they could see the big picture of it all. You know, he didn't like it at the time because he did say, he's like, he did, he had like a low demeanor and he said like, he said, I remember when he was like, I had to catch myself. I almost, yeah. I almost went negative, you know, but then he caught himself. So I love to hear that like the, the Ravens, the team, you know, put his health above it and saw the big picture. So I love that. But yeah, if it weren't for that shoulder injury, but it sounds like he said, I've dealt with this before. It doesn't feel good, but I'm going to have to dig deep. So the good news is, is obviously we had this mini buy. We've got chargers. Maybe he can sit that one out because after the chargers, it's the buy, the buy buy. Yep. So there's time for him to rest up. Now, I don't know what it is on the shoulder. They didn't tell us. He didn't tell us. Sounds like from both him and what John Harbaugh said that it's just pain to, to, to deal with. Not, you know, but I don't want to see him. I want to see him a hundred percent, but I'll tell you what, Bobby, it's exactly what we said. We said late in the season and the biggest moments when the lights are bright, that's when OBJ shines and he delivered Thursday night. And they're going to need him and they're going to need him without 89. We've talked about yep. that. This is why they invested in the position. You, you hoped that this emergency situation wouldn't be, wouldn't come. But here we are, and now the Ravens have to trudge forward without their number one guy and certainly without Lamar's number one target across the middle or wherever they use him. Now, in terms of the on-the-field stuff that OBJ does, we, we, we know that he is creating separation again. We know that the yards after the catch are, is there. We know that he's drawing DPIs. Brian Baldinger took a good look in one of his breakdowns in terms of what OBJ was able to do effectively on Thursday night against Cincinnati. Odell Beckham Jr. is getting healthy at the right time. Starting the second half of the season, here he is in just a square in right here. Short passes, long runs. Like, you can see the speed and the quickness right here. And just the ability just to read this zone right here. Like, just sit down right in. Two-minute drill at the end of the first half. This ability right here just to square up against the Bengals' probably top corner, Cameron Taylor Britt. Right here, you get him 10, 10 yards off, little five-yard stop route. He can make a miss. And then ultimately, what the Ravens want to do is they clear out Zay Flowers and they put OBJ on DJ Turner, who only ran like a 4-2-7 at the combine, and Odell runs right away from him. Like, that was the first deep shot they hit. But if they start hitting these deep shots, this offense is going to really open up. They have a bunch of guys that can get down the field, and they got a quarterback that can just let it rip. And he gets behind Turner right here. And you can see, like, even the, the back judge right here is like, oh, my gosh, Odell Beckham Jr. is coming at me. I don't know what to do as he tumbles to the ground. But this offense is opening up as Odell Beckham Jr. gets healthier. <laughs> All these great, man. The, the commentary there as he tumbles. <laughs> but, um, but, Sarah, one of the things in London having actually been in there, there in person. You get to watch the game from such a different perspective when they played the Titans. I didn't think that Odell was creating much separation successfully. Now, he had that one breakaway play for some yards after the catch, if you can remember, in the middle of the field. But I thought in terms of just route running, creating separation, and winning his one-on-ones was something that I just I wasn't seeing enough of that day. Like Baldy said, he's starting to get healthy. He's starting to do those things again. This isn't just flashes now. He's starting to stack performances. 
Exactly. It's we've moved beyond. And by the way, I never saw that that ref stumble before. That was hilarious. That was absolutely hilarious. So no, like I said, he's coming on. And if it weren't for the shoulder, I would declare him all the way back. But yeah. we're basically there. Also, Bobby, it's kind of funny because Ray Lewis was at that Thursday night game along with a lot of, you know, other greats there. But this kind of came out late. Uh, this this OBJ and Ray kind of interaction on the sideline. I can't quite make out what they're saying, but I get the gist of it, and it's kind of hilarious. Here we go. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So first of all, let me comment on a few things. The there was a lot of comments on Twitter about the the weird touching. Like OBJ kept slapping his thigh, slapping his thigh. Looked like Ray was trying to grab his hand and hold it. I don't know what was going on there, but it was hilarious. Whatever it was, a lot of love there. But at the end, I caught something like something like you're you're lucky you're not going across the middle anymore. I'm not Ocho. <laughs> something like that. Some friendly friendly banter of course no hard feelings but that's hilarious because listen i love both these guys but ray across the middle i don't care how fast you are he's delivering a hit he could go sideline from sideline too but i think he's referring to that ocho cinco one where he tried to hit ray and knock him out but it ended up knocking ocho cinco out so anyway i just thought that was hilarious these two superstars ray's not even playing anymore and it's just some friendly trash trash talk you just can't take it out of the guys those dudes right there, they move differently. They live differently. So to see them together, right, dapping each other up is always entertaining for all of us uh, looking in. Before we get to this next piece, which is going to be some good back and forth on Twitter between PQ and a Cincinnati Bengal, like we told you at the top, this episode is brought to you by our friends at GEHA. And for over 86 years, GEHA, Government Employees Health Association, has offered medical and dental benefits designed to meet the unique needs of federal employees and retirees, military retirees, and their families. And with over 2 million members and growing, GEHA continues to serve those members and families who serve all of us every single day. GEHA, Government uh, Employees Health Association. Again, that's GEHA, your friend in federal since 1937. We know federal because we only provide benefits for federal. Federal Drive is presented by GEHA, Government Employee Health Association, proudly providing health and dental benefits to federal employees and their families for 86 years and counting. If you're interested to learn more, visit GEHA.com. All right, PQ, what'd you do this time? Talk to him. You know, he has a good time. He's always, he's never afraid to hop on Twitter, especially when Skip Bayless tweets that, hey, Actually, a lot of love for the Ravens because he picked them for their Super Let's be honest here. Skip has some 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 stuff on the line here, some pride on the line because <laughs> Skip picked the Ravens to win the Super Bowl in the offseason. So now right. he's riding with them. Of course he is. Now, he tweeted, Lamar now has the weapons he never had before. He's a flat-out stud. Odell is looking like Odell. Literally unprompted, totally out of nowhere, not baited, not tagged, nothing. Jermaine Pratt, Cincinnati linebacker, tweets back and says, yeah, only looked good because nine got hurt, referring to his quarterback, Joe Burrow. Now, PQ sees it, 
And can, he's we, like, ah. can we real quick? Yes, That's go the ahead. dumbest go thing ahead. ever. That is go the ahead. dumbest tweet ever. It's so dumb. Lamar only looked good because Joe Burrow was out. What's that got to do with the price of tea in China? It's Lamar versus the, the <laughs> Bengals defense. He was, he was carving up the Bengals defense. Burrow wouldn't have been out there for the defense anyway. Anyway, just dumb. Go on with PQ. This is crazy. I mean, look at this. So, so PQ says y'all, y'all still got cooked on defense. All right. That's there we hilarious. go. He makes the point with a laughy emoji. Okay. Jermaine comes back at him. Yeah. You were happy. Nine went down. They were attacking you. Good expletive, right? With a blood emoji. Is that what I'm seeing right there? Yeah. Like, that's a blood emoji. What is this? P this is my favorite. So PQ comes back with a laughy emoji and says two catches is attacking. I'll never be happy that my boy. Um, sorry, let me, let me, oh, just move, the, cut let me move the logo quickly. Yeah. Um, two catches is attacking. I'll never be happy that my boy went down. Let me call 42, Pat Ricard for you. So he can take you to the sideline to the bench again, <laughs> where you belong. And PQ puts out a, a, a gif of him just like looking no, like a bad boy. No, it's not PQ. PQ didn't oh, sorry, do it. Sorry, Pat. Sorry, Pat. Patrick yeah, yeah. Ricard entered the chat. <laughs> that is hilarious. So Pat puts out a gif of himself looking like a bad boy that he is, ready to like rip somebody. Right? This is some good back and forth. But what are you doing, Jermaine? What is this, man? It, this is absolutely hilarious because yeah, I don't know where he's come. Like obviously, Burrow went down and it had an impact on the game. But he's trying to take away from Lamar. Lamar. By saying that Burrow went down. But for sure, my favorite part of this whole exchange is what you just said. He's like, I'm going to have to get 42 to send you back to the sideline again. Uh, and then he like, who puts out, who tweets a meme of themselves, a gif of themselves? It's not normal, but in this case, it's hilarious. It's not just a gif, but it's him like basically cracking knuckles, right? Looking down at the camera, ready to do some work. So... That was hilarious. People started putting out clips of of Jermaine Pratt getting bulldozed here and there and whatever. But um, then he said that the Ravens were happy that nine went down. That's it's so stupid. Nobody was celebrating his injury. Now there was this. They might be a little salty of this because the Ravens uh, productions put up a dub cam. Okay, a win, a W cam, a dub cam, and players can come in and say whatever they want into it. And here's Roquan. <laughs> The dub cam. I like the dub cam. That's nice. <laughs> Woo! Thursday night football! I can't even like the dub cam. I'm getting hyped for the dub cam, bro. Oh, yeah, you gotta get hyped. What are you gonna do? That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's okay 
I thought we pulled the clip where it just had the three seconds, but then we, then I was like, oh, here's the long clip, but we got to keep riding because we got to get to the end because that's the best. He's like, PQ's like, my guy's not in a good mood because they gave up a last, like, a, a garbage, time, garbage time. Yeah, a garbage time touchdown. So he wasn't happy, but then he's like, but guess what? Bye, Cincinnati. So I tweeted the last three seconds of that, and woo, woo, did I have Bengals fans in those mentions. They were ticked off nobody was happy that burrow got injured you guys are ridiculous <sighs> just because i listen roquan had non-field interview said sometimes that happens when you play this defense but we wish him well yada 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 and by the way there was nothing crazy dirty going on it just happened and then lamar said you know whatever i'm just glad we won but everybody wishes him well nobody wanted to get hurt but are they like Gonna put an asterisk by this win? Heck no. So that's where he comes in by Cincinnati. Let me bat let me blast that guy for a second because Drew Garrison, okay, for Cincinnati is the one that tweeted the eight second clip with no context about what you're referring to, essentially telling the world and his fans, and it blew up that that Roquan is essentially wishing that 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 Joe went down, which was so funny. Not only did true. he not provide context, Bobby, but he purposefully cut off his comment oh, yeah. where like you have to cut it off where he says, we wish him well, we wish him nothing but the best. Like you have to go out of your way to cut that out. I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I, I couldn't help myself. I'm sitting in bed that morning on three hours sleep. I quote tweeted him. This clown show cut from the save. The <laughs> You're going to laugh at this cut from the same Dove climbing cloth tweets an eight second you. video that conveniently omits Roquan's genuinely wishing Joe Burrow a speedy recovery and instead pushes a contextless clip that fits his post-game misery agenda. Trash. That's what it is. It's trash. We don't have time for that in the content world. Let's move on. All right. Well, speaking speaking of injuries, okay, while nobody wishes for it, the AFC North is built different, okay, because – it, and I, I honestly don't think, I mean, other football is violent no matter what, but I still, AFC North is built different, and I don't think outsiders quite understand the level of physicality in this. So after the Ravens, Browns, and Bengals each play each other in a span of a few days, Deshaun Watson out for the season, Joe Burrow out for the season, Mark Andrews out for the season, and by the way, the first time the Steelers and Browns met, Nick Chubb out for the season. It's a different level of physicality in this division. Now, the last time we, we spoke right after the game, we did not know exactly what the injury was for Mark Andrews. We knew that it was a likely season ender. Well, according to Ian Rappaport, he suffered a cracked fibula and an ankle ligament injury, according to sources after an MRI. So Ian Rappaport said it's still believed to be a long-term injury. As the team said, he said Baltimore will consult Dr. Robert Anderson in Charlotte next week for more info. So I know some fans, there's some like, I don't know exactly where it's coming from, but there's this feeling that maybe, maybe, maybe he could be back for the postseason. I don't know. I haven't seen anybody. I haven't seen where that comes from. So for me, I have no expectations for Mark Andrews to come back, even for the postseason. If he does, Great. Happily, we'll accept it. It'd be unexpected, but that's where I'm at. Secondly, um, let me go back to that real quick. Secondly, we the last time we talked, we didn't quite know what happened with Joe Burrow. Well, since then, as you said earlier, he's out for the season. He explained, he did media. He said that it was indeed from the play before when he threw that touchdown pass. It was from the play before when he just landed on the wrist a little bit 
you know, in a certain way. And he said, I felt it pop. And then as for shoot, I didn't upload it. Anyway, during that same media session, people were asking him, well, then what was that sleeve about all about that? You know, everybody saw when you got off the plane and he said that was something he's like, my injury now is something completely different. He said, it's not abnormal for players to wear compression sleeves because of the altitude and you have swelling. So I don't know if he's saying there was a previous injury or he just generally wears that because, because of swelling, but he didn't have it on the other wrist. So I don't know, but that's for the NFL to decide what, what was going on there. But I'm willing, Bobby, I'm willing to have plenty of grace unless the evidence proves all otherwise that whatever, this was a new injury, fine, and I'm ready to move on. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Here's Bart Scott speaking of injuries on the whole hip drop tackle phenomenon that we've been hearing nonstop about since, since Mark's injury that we all know um, looked pretty ugly and, and it was um, sustained by Mark given by Logan Wilson linebacker for Cincinnati and on the back and he got Mark Andrews but he almost got Lamar Jackson too to me this is a dirty tactic and a dirty style of tackling really yeah absolutely you know when you grab him from the back and you jump there's nowhere for you to land but in their on their leg as they're falling forward like they they outlawed this when it came they outlawed this with Roy Williams and the competition committee this is going to be exhibit one and I you can I I feel you this is this is you know this tactic you know what I'm saying? Dropping all your body weight and landing on the back but of players' legs. I'm not gonna inter- I'm not gonna interrupt between you two because I really the, the the audience needs to hear from y'all too. Y'all played out there. Now I can't. I'm not flowing with that Bart at all. I'm, I'm I don't te- I don't see it in real time. It's hard for dropping your dropping it's hard for your me to call out that dirty player. Is all I'm saying. But go ahead, RC. Okay. All right. Go ahead, RC. What's Come your response? Bart. Bart. Bro. Bart. Bro. Uh, this uh, is the same tackle as Roy Williams. Roy. Roy. Roy Williams. It's not a hard collar. Yes, it's not a it's, horse it's, collar, no, but you're dropping a weight. It's, it's the not, same effect. 
One at a time. One at a time. You gotta Go ahead, be able to get people. How, how do you how do you get people on the ground, then Bart? If I'm chasing a guy, is my only chance to grab his waist okay. and run with them down and the run field? Your feet. Like is that what run I have your to do? Feet, do I feet? have to. You can't run your Bart. You can't you run can't your run feet, feet when he's running away from you. He's running away from you. And so if I continue to run my feet and I continue to run with him, either I got to hope that I'm fast enough to push him forward and he topples over or he just keeps running. Bart, you can't Okay, maybe it wasn't intentional, but this is a technique that the competition it's not committee. Maybe the, the competition committee is trying to outlaw this type of tackle, much like the Roy Williams, when you drop all your body weight because you're going to land on people's ankles every time. Sarah, before you get in here, my, my first thought is this, and it might this might be like right, this ends it almost. Like, if it's legal, which it is right now, it's being studied, but it's legal. It's not outlawed by the NFL. How can that tackle be dirty? Right. So when we were talking after the game, I felt the same way. I'm like, this is just another tackle, you know? Like, you, he tackled them, you know? So I will say... For Bart Scott to say that, now again, he went on to say, he he reiterated, they went back and forth for quite some time. He reiterated that he doesn't, he didn't feel like it was intentional. He's not calling Logan Wilson a di- dirty player like he reiterated that. But he's saying it is a dirty tactic. Okay, so I don't know that I would go that far. That being said, for the first time it illuminated to me, I thought all defensive players would be against banning this type of tackle. But the fact that, and this is a linebacker who says that there's ways around it. I, I have no expertise in this, no expertise whatsoever. So that's why it does hold some weight when a, when a, I almost said hall of fame, when a pro bowl linebacker is going this far with it being like, you can, you can avoid this now. I also think it'd be easier for a linebacker to do that because if you're a DB as small as um, <laughs> Ryan, Ryan Clark, Clark here, yeah, yeah. like what else you like? If you have like uh, what Gronk or Mark Andrews or some of these big dudes, and you're like this five foot nine like DB, and you got to tackle this guy, what else are you gonna do but like drop your weight on him? You know what I mean? So yeah. there's that. Plus, there's the fact that like apparently these injuries have been going up and these types of injury or these types of tackles have been going up because of the way they've outlawed leading with the helmet and all that kind of stuff, which is also, you know, good and and all that. But um, I will say I'm more open to learning about it and what you can do as an alternative than I was on Thursday night. And I originally saw it and that's, and that is based off of Bart, Bart Scott. And I, the next time we have Roquan on Bobby, I really want to dive into this. I want him to like, I really want to get detailed about it because I want to understand it and where, where he stands with it. We're tentatively scheduled for 11 a.m. today. So by the time you're watching this, perhaps it's already available. Perhaps it doesn't even come yet if you're starting your morning commute here on Monday. But be on the lookout for episode six of Inside the Vault with Roquan Smith coming to a vault near you soon. Coming to a bank account soon is a few of these. <laughs> The Ravens were fined a total of over $41,000 for week 10. Odell got slapped with an unsportsmanlike conduct. You knew this was going to happen when he threw the peace sign up on his way into the end zone against the Cleveland game. We all remember it, the 40-yard slant. I think he can pay that. Ronnie Stanley and Kyle Van Noy each were slapped with unnecessary roughness. 
fines of 21,000 and change and 8,000 and change respectively. And then Kyle Barber put together total team finals through week 10. Oh man, the Ravens are second on this list. I didn't see this yet. 271,000 Pittsburgh's at the top at 384,000 and change. Wow. That's wild. It wouldn't surprise me that, I mean, uh, it's for the Ravens and Pittsburgh to be that high up. I would need really need to break down what they're getting it for, but I bet it's like unnecessary roughness all the time with these two teams. I bet that's it. Odell has his fair share, by the way. And uh, whatever. I think getting $10,000 fine for just throwing up the peace sign on the way in is kind of lame. At the same time, he knows the rules, so he, he can make those decisions. Joe Cool. Joe Flacco worked out with the Cleveland Browns, who decided to go with Dorian Thompson Robinson, as we mentioned earlier on, on Sunday. He worked out with them on Friday. Jeremy Fowler's report from the 17th explained that he's not expected to sign with the Browns that day. Uh, that could be logistical. He wouldn't be involved in the Week 11 game plan this late in the week anyway, which he wasn't. So Flacco head, heads home, and both sides can assess. And after you watch the quarterback play yes he found a way to win the game I guess with that that late drive but why wouldn't you at least bring Joe into the building and see what you have and if nothing else if you're really going to go with DTR the rest of the way then he can be a mentor to him so anyway Joe just does he can't he can't quit man he loves the game too much Sarah that nothing can bring this guy away from the game no they're gonna have to boot him out but I tell you I'm not excited about Joe being in a Browns uniform if they decide to sign him I'm not looking forward to that and at the same time I'm still here for Joe and I'm like go get it bro go get it and you know what if we met up Joe in the in the playoffs what a story that would be I love it I love it Marcus Williams the highest graded Ravens defender against the Bengals PFF knocked him at a 78.2 grade. Yes, he's what been banged up. What a difference a week makes. I was going to say, you know what? Good on Marcus. PFF had him at a 78.2, and this is all with that pectoral, which continues to, uh, obviously, he's playing through a, a significant injury, which in all likelihood could have, if he decided, shut down his season if he pursued that surgery a month or so ago. So good stuff there for the Ravens ball hawk and Brad Spielberger put together rushing touchdowns since week seven, the list. Well, there's a guy looking down at everybody else and he is in Baltimore. Number 35, Gus Edwards has nine, every other NFL team, six or fewer. So Gus bus having himself a productive, productive season. He beats all other NFL teams by three touchdowns. Just him alone. Unreal. Unreal. Good job. I love me some Gus bus, especially because he doesn't, celebrate his touchdowns and his teammates want him to which is hilarious (laughs) just watch the next time he scores he's just like either i don't know gives hands gives fans high fives in the end zone hands the football to the ref like whatever it is it's so good we want to be sure to shout out and thank two of our returning patrons in this episode which are um jeff comer and mike batting they're supporting everything we're building here inside the channel through patreon this month and we and we we certainly appreciate them. So thank you to you both. And if you guys are interested in doing the same, visit the show notes below. Patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault Podcast will get you to the link. And you can learn more more about what we're offering. So all right. The week of the 20th, Thanksgiving week. Of course, it's probably going to be a little bit of an interesting week just in terms of media availability schedule-wise. So be on the lookout. Be on the lookout later this afternoon for episode six with Roquan. Looking forward to that conversation. Not only about, obviously, the Cincinnati win, but like you said, Sarah, I think it'll be really interesting to pick his brain on the whole hip drop thing and everything that's surrounding that conversation right now. So 
That's that. If you enjoyed the content, please like this video, subscribe to the channel, and be on the lookout for everything we have coming up by hitting that notification bell on YouTube so you can be notified when we have episodes dropping Monday through Friday at 5 a.m. Eastern. For my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this Monday morning vault edition.